Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Clowater from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30, and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. A gospel reading from the fifth chapter of Luke. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God. He saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little away from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw this, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. Well, grace to you and peace from the one who created you, the Savior who redeems you, and the Spirit who calls you by name. Before I begin, can I just say, isn't this awesome? <laughs> I was trying to figure out how I could like incorporate Barbies into my sermon and use the, a little prop, but it, it didn't work out that way, so maybe, maybe better. This morning, as we begin, I'd like to uh, invite you into a time of radical imagination. If you're comfortable, I'll invite you to close your eyes and kind of visualize um, what I describe for a few minutes. So I'd like to invite you to imagine that you are Jesus, the child of the Most High God. Come in the flesh to this earth to begin a movement to transform the lives of all that you encounter, to be a savior and a redeemer to a lost and a hurting world. You're here to upend history, to change everything. Your mission is incredibly important. And God has called you to begin now. And so you need to build a team. You need a group of interns to learn and do alongside. And you know your time is very limited. So you have to act strategically. You must select the people who will continue this work when you are gone. So what are you looking for? 
What kind of qualifications do you seek? Can you imagine the types of people and the skills that you want to recruit into this movement? Maybe you see the faces or the roles of those you would like to invite to join you in steering the mission of God in this place. I invite you to open your eyes. Thank you for entering into that space with me. I'm not sure about you, but I know for me, the first qualities that came were experience in leadership, in organizations and faith development. I'd want folks with PhDs and teaching backgrounds, maybe a high-ranking religious official or two, I would want to build a sort of dream team of accomplishments, advanced degrees, and successful life experience to continue this mission. Does this sound anything like what you were imagining? You may not have thought quite along the same lines that I did. But I'd be willing to bet that most of us would not come up with the mission plan that Jesus did. And it's a good reminder that none of us are Jesus. We have part of that mission plan here in our story in Luke today, where Jesus calls his first disciples. Now, Jesus has just begun his ministry in Galilee, a region of the country. And so far, he was baptized and then driven out into the wilderness Then he returns and he begins to teach and preach and then heal people and exercise demons. And now it's time for him to call his first followers. Now last week, Pastor John shared how Jesus was driven out of his hometown of Nazareth by an angry mob of people. And now in just a few verses, he's traveled just about 20 miles to the area of Capernaum by the Sea of Galilee. Now, once Jesus arrives in Capernaum, he doesn't go to find the university faculty who are looking for a rabbi. He doesn't go to members of the Jewish elite to be in his team. He doesn't seek out the most successful business people in the city or those who are serving in high-ranking positions. Nope. To invite folks into his band of followers, he goes to the shores of the sea where some fishermen were cleaning their nets after pulling an all-nighter working in their boats. Jesus chooses to go to exhausted, dirty, blue-collar, uneducated folks People who smelled like fish, who were tired. Folks who took on the family trade rather than seek riches or ranks. People who were far more likely to have the cracked, grimy hands of hardworking tradesmen than any advanced degree or fancy title. 
And here along the lake, the crowds are pressing in on Jesus, kind of trapping him on the edge of the sea. So he asks if he can use a fishing boat as a sort of pulpit to preach and teach to the crowds from a distance out in the water. And once he's in the boat, he he makes some suggestions to the fishermen about how they can do their job better. Remarkably, Simon admits that they've been fishing all night long, and they are clearly tired. But they will try what he says if he says so. And here we have the first miracle in the Gospel of Luke. They pull in so many fish from the waters that Jesus instructs them that the nets begin to break. So they call to their partners for backup and more boats to help pull in the catch of fish. There are so many. And the boats begin to be so full that they start to sink. They are so weighed down with fish. Simon and the other fishermen are so amazed at what has just happened. They all probably just had their best catch of fish ever and are awestruck. I'm sure they went and sold their catch of fish and went home to celebrate with their families about their great accomplishment, their triumphant night of fishing. We've all heard these stories, right? (laughs) But no. These folks were so compelled by the preaching and this miracle of Jesus that they left everything and followed him. Their equipment, their boats, this enormous pile of fish left behind. Joining the way of Jesus was the only thing now. Wow. That kind of discipleship seems really foreign, doesn't it? It's so life-changing, overturning our expectations of how we think things should really work. But at the same time, I find, I find this story incredibly powerful. If Jesus would go and choose someone like Simon Peter or James or John right from their fishing boats... Jesus might actually choose people like us. Sure, we're tired. (laughs) We're exhausted. We're inexperienced. We're weary and unprepared. We don't look like we would have the right credentials or experience or titles. We're struggling to keep up or to succeed at all. We don't necessarily know the way forward. And life isn't quite what we hoped or planned for. Well, friends, that sounds a lot like these disciples to me. The very first ones that Jesus called. You see, Jesus calls us to follow and to learn now. To continue the ministry that he started so many years ago. 
Jesus calls you to love and to serve your neighbor, to witness and teach and to be one of these chosen ones. No matter the excuses you have, I know they're there, they're right on the tip of your tongue. No matter your failures or foibles, God calls us to be disciples, to follow. God calls us to share the power of that grace and acceptance that Jesus brings into our lives. Like Simon and the others, we are compelled to follow, even though we don't know the road ahead. Maybe especially because we don't know the road ahead. Now, I'll be honest. I don't know how or where or to what God is calling you right now. Maybe it's to a new way of serving at faith or teaching or reconciling a relationship. Maybe God is calling you to a foundation of prayer or to time away on our personal retreat. Perhaps God is calling you to leave your nets behind and head down the road of faith with Jesus. I don't know. But I do believe that God is calling you. In some way, the Spirit is nudging or inviting or maybe boldly announcing the path forward. I was initially perplexed by Jesus' dialogue with Simon when he says, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. But the more I reflected on this, the more I understood how heartening these words truly are. It is scary. It is scary to be called to try something new, to take a risk. It's scary to let your guard down and be vulnerable. It's scary to leave your nets and your boats behind when you're not sure what's next. But we know the first step. And the first step is following Jesus. Taking just one step toward the God who loves you who created you, redeems you, and is calling you now. And Jesus says to you, dear child, do not be afraid. Amen. Well, that's it for this week's sermon. Thank you for joining us. Look for more information on faithfl.org or certainly reach out to the office if you would like to receive weekly email updates. Thank you.